Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, you have come among us. Uh, we praise you and we worship you. We thank you that we can be led even uh, by these children. We thank you for all those who have taught them uh, who you are and the story of your entrance into this world. We thank you for the shining lights that they are now to us, reminding us that truly, Lord Jesus, it is all about you. Uh, we pray that you would make that clear in our hearts and lives today as we open your word, as we open our hearts to hear what you might have to say to us. Uh, bless us and lead us by your Holy Spirit. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> and I invite you to listen once more to uh, the second half of the Christmas story as found in Luke. Um, after uh, Mary and Joseph have made their way to Bethlehem and the time was fulfilled for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, we hear this in Luke chapter 2 beginning with verse 8. And in that same region, there were shepherds abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. After the angels departed from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe, Jesus, lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known to them the sayings that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard the shepherds wondered at what they said unto them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. For all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told unto them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. I, I love this time of year. Um, I love this holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. But it can be a bit ironic. We talked a little bit after Thanksgiving. You know, we have this day where we give thanks for all that... God has blessed us to have and to hold and the relationships that he's given us. Uh, and then the next day, living in our consumer culture as we do, we're told, well, you don't actually have quite enough. You need some more things to be thankful for. And so Black Friday opens up the day to go out and buy more stuff. A little, little ironic, the way that our holiday season unfolds is no less true at Christmas time, I don't think. You know, Christmas was last Sunday. This is New Year's. We are in between this time. Uh, at Christmas, we remember that God has become incarnate in Jesus Christ, that he has taken on our frail flesh, entered into our worldly circumstance, and in his person united our humanity to the life of God and to the very being of God. 
And then, as Christians, we're told that we actually are united to Christ by the Holy Spirit. And so, like Peter says, we are given to share in the divine nature. That's what we marvel at at Christmas. And then there's a week. And then there's New Year's. And if you're like me, if you're like most of society, you've made just maybe a couple resolutions, right? Uh, a couple years ago, the number two most popular resolution uh, was to get a bit more organized. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. Uh, or to lose a little weight. Or to go to the gym more regularly. Or to be in touch with our friends on a more consistent basis. To pick up the phone and call. Um, I don't know what your resolutions are. Um, and, and they're good things. And I actually have some things that I'm wanting to do differently in 2023 than I did in 2022 and some new patterns. And I'm not against that. But I just want you to notice like how, how underwhelming those goals are. Really. A bit more organized. The number two most desired you know, thing for America next year. Especially given what we have just come to know about who God is with us and who we are in him and the possibilities that open to us in the kingdom being united to the life of God when we make resolutions it's almost like we say I don't really know what to do about what God has given to me I don't really know how to share in God's life and so I'll celebrate it yes but then I'll just go back to my house and try to organize my closet better. <laughs> you see the gap between like what God gives to us and like our appropriation of it? Yeah. And so we're, we're going to start a new series moving into the new year where I want us to, to try to understand how worship actually shows us how we do participate in the life of God. It's... It's where it happens, but it also opens up the rest of our lives and our messy closet and everything else about our day and our work and our vocation and so on. Um, and it helps us to live in God's life in those places and in those moments and those circumstances better. So that's maybe the goal that we could try to set here at the beginning of 2023 together is to understand how to share in God's life more fully. I think that's actually worthy of the gift we've received in Christ at Christmas. And it's not that those other things aren't important or can't be better or can't in some way be a sharing in what God's doing in your life. But I think we need that higher bar that is set, right? That God gives to us and, and raises us up towards in Jesus and by the Spirit. Um, and so... Uh, as we think about that language of participation, uh, I just have real, really short kind of um, sort of a metaphor, sort of an image, a new image maybe for us to think about what that could look like. In fact, the kids are sort of the, the representatives of that. Uh, there's, there's a, uh, you won't be surprised that he's Dutch when you hear his name, but there's this Dutch Reformed theologian named Kevin Van Hooser, and he has written a book called The Drama of Doctrine. The drama. You just, we just got to share in a Christmas play, right? 
that the, the children who've, who've now come back in and are sitting with their families led us in a remembrance and a celebration of the birthday of Christ. And they wore costumes. They, they entered into the story in their particular way. And so they invite us. Um, so in this, in this uh, description of the Christian life, he likens it to a sharing in the, the drama. He calls it the theodrama. We might think about the play. Theo meaning God, the, the drama of God, the story of God, the narrative of God that is unfolding. That's what history is. That's what the world is. We get to come and participate in that. We aren't meant to merely be spectators, to sit back and watch and think that's nice and that's sweet and that, that I, I have to admit when I saw Spencer in the angel outfit walking this way and I don't know who braided her pigtails but it was just like oh oh so cute yes but the Christian life is not something that we say oh that's that's so nice that's so cute I'm I'm gonna sit back and watch God invites us to enter in and to actually participate to enter onto the stage Calvin called the world the theater of God's glory we enter into the theater. We have a place and a part in it. But the way that we begin to understand that is by way of the script. And the, well, that's not hard to understand now, is it? The, the script. It says the scriptures are the script. They tell us about the dramatic action, the ways that creation unfolds. Um, it begins in a place of love. The love that the Father has with the Son and the unity of the Holy Spirit from all eternity. And this love overflows and God creates with a desire to unite that creation to himself and in particular makes us human beings in his image so that we can share in his life. But in order to do that, we must also share by way of love. And love can't be forced and so he makes us free. And we can choose. And we can sit back and in fact we all have We've all turned aside and really tried to create another story of our own which places ourselves at the center, which means that everyone else is necessarily at the periphery. Only when God's at the center can everyone have their rightful place in part. And yet, even when we do that, God continues to come to us in love, in love, in love, in forgiveness, in mercy, in reorienting us, giving us a new place to play, in recreating the drama and then he enters, he, the author, enters into the story itself as one of us. And he lives within it, within our humanity, within the story, within the theodrama, in a way that makes it possible for us to once more know him and love him and serve him and, yes, be united to him and participate in him. And he sends the Spirit and directs us. And the story's not over yet. It goes on forever, but we look forward to Christ coming again. That's the story. Now, um, a few nights ago, uh, Leslie and I watched a murder mystery. Wholesome watching, I know. But we, we watched a murder mystery, and the whole front part of the story actually had little clues in it all the way through that I missed completely. Leslie's like, yeah, I saw a few of those. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Until a particular moment in the middle of the story where a particular character enters in and explains, and it has these flashbacks and flashbacks and flashbacks, and you, oh, it's like, whoa, now the puzzle pieces are fitting together, and I'm seeing how all this works, and then everything makes sense, 
and it works out to the end of the story. And that is Christmas. This theodrama of the world has been playing itself out, and we can read about it in the Old Testament, in the way the prophets came and the judges lived and the kings ruled and the people fell and then came back and over and over again there were all these little clues that the Messiah was going to come and then Jesus shows up and he makes clear everything that has gone before and we can understand now it's the key that unlocks the whole script and we now have this script and we can begin to live by it and with actually within it And the pages of the scripture don't end at the end. I mean, in one sense they do, but we continue to live out this story. And we're a part of it. There's a drama and there's a script. And then there's you and how you fit. And of course, that's what we're going to be talking about for a few weeks. But where do you fit? And so in any play, just like the kids did, just like Jameson had a particular role, just like baby Ruth, who's letting us know she's still here, played Jesus we all have a particular role in the drama, a role in the play. But in, the, in Christian language, you don't talk about a role because a role has this kind of sense maybe of pretend. We're not pretending. We think of real life as real life and then, and then we do other things and that's sort of like putting something on that's not true. In fact, when we enter into the drama and we play our particular role, we're becoming who we truly are. It's the most real thing. And in Christian language, we wouldn't talk about a role, perhaps. We might talk more about a calling or particular vocation. This is your place in the story. It's like the shepherds. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You could have any number of vocations. You could be a night worker watching sheep. But you are suddenly invited into the story. And you have to understand what your role is. And at first they're afraid, but then they're told, don't be afraid. And so they're... They say, okay, and they hear this, these glad tidings of great joy, which are for all people, and then they are given a sign, and they have to choose. Do we, do we go see the sign? Do we go to Bethlehem and enter into the story? Or do we stand back? And they went with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and Jesus, the babe, lying in a manger. They enter into the story. And so you, as you discover your vocation, as you discover your calling, and this is a lifelong thing, you know, as you figure that out, suddenly you realize you have a task that is way bigger than you probably can do right now. It's like um, James and John fishing in their dad's boat, and they're going to be apostles to the world. A lot has to happen in that process. And so there's a sense in which we become. And when you're you know, you, have you ever heard of actors using the, the um, what is it, some kind of um, method acting, right? Where if they're playing a character, they just try to be that character all the time, even when they go home. You know, if you're Scrooge, then you go home and you're Scrooge, like even when you're off set. And so there's this sense in which they need to become. But So the method for becoming who you are in your vocation and role in the church is this process of sanctification, of growing in holiness, in love, in mercy. Um, It's a process of of acquiring the virtues and turning away from sin. It's this life of repentance, and it happens, and it happens. But then it's not just you, it's us. We're a company, is the theater word, right? We are a company together, gathered by God, 
And each one of us, as we live out our vocation, are gathered in here such that we worship God entering into the story, participating in his life, especially at the table, and that is made manifest to the world. This is a theater of sorts. And hopefully, as we live out our life together, other people are watching. And they can see that this isn't just something cute. Or like something we've always done and we're going to be religious people. And, but this, there's something real there. And in fact, they can begin to see that they have a place here too. There's a place for them and a calling upon them and a vocation for them. And God continues to build us up. I don't want us to set our goals so low for the coming year that like, I could organize my shoes and I'd be good. I want us to try to understand and to live out a sharing, a participation, a union with God because that's exactly what he's given us and given you and given the church in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.